So there is no such thing as common sense. There's only documentation. If you don't hear anything I said in this whole thing, there's no such thing as common sense. There's only documentation. Why? Because common sense is different between everybody's common experiences. The word common, that means we share, we have shared experiences. But guess what? There's nobody on this earth. I don't care if you've lived in the same house, right? I don't care if you've lived in the same house. Your experience is different. What's up, everyone? I'm Chris Ronzio, founder and CEO of Trainual, and this is Organized Chaos. You just heard from Connie Falls, and this episode is all about the importance of systems and building systems for women, for minorities, and for veterans. Really important topic. Connie talked about how mindset really is everything and how sometimes rewriting the code of what our history tells us is the way to find success as we go forward. She also has this amazing framework of ideation, strategy, execution. Of course, processes and documentation all fits within that. So you'll have to listen to hear more about it. But Connie's a member of our Process People community based in Atlanta. She's a trainual certified consultant and the founder of Entrepreneur Life Global. She's into processes and coaching and all the same stuff as me. You're going to love this conversation. It was so fun. Take a listen. Welcome to Organized Chaos, everyone. I'm your host, Chris Ronzio. And as you heard in the intro, today we're talking with Connie Falls. Hey, Connie. Hey, how you doing? Great. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So I know you have an amazing goal to help create sustainable businesses for women, minorities, and veterans. Is that right? Absolutely. All right. So that's what we're going to dig into in this conversation. And I'm going to let you take it away and let us know where, where should we start on the topic? Uh, so I think it's important that, so one, over these last 15 years, one of the things that I've realized is very key is understanding the disenfranchised. Disenfranchised meaning women, minorities, and veterans. So we're going to start off with women, of course, because huh. you see me, here I am. Uh, <laughs> so women is important because when you look statistically at the rights that women have had over the years, and we were told to stay in the kitchen and we're meant you know, to, to be seen and not heard, and we're here for you know just producing kids, it took a long time before we can get into the role of actually having the right to vote, hmm. the right to have a say-so, the right to have our own business. All of these things led to us, one, understanding what it looks like to run and process things and how a house runs. But then we had to take everything we learned as far as taking care of home, husband, kids, and applying to running an actual business. So because many of us are first generation uh, entrepreneurs, we have our first business or our husbands ran a business, but we were, you know, in the quiet side of it, being able to say, okay, women, we care about you. We care about your opportunities out here. And now yeah. women are creating businesses back to back to back to back to back. Statistics are absolutely amazing with it. Um, and so I think when we're focused on the woman side of it, it's understanding that our minds process information different. We come from a nurturing space. We come from what's first, what's second, what's third. How, you know, I have to have a baby on my hip while I'm cooking in the kitchen and the husband wants to talk and I still have to have hair done. You got to manage your facial routine. You got to make sure you drink water and exercise and hang out with your friends and finish a bottle of wine to cry at night. Like all of this. <laughs> <laughs> right? That these sounds are, stressful. It is, right? It's crazy being a woman. So all of these things are happening simultaneously and we're running our own personal system, but it doesn't always apply the same way when it comes to running a business. Business. The one thing where we are great on the personal side, it clouds us on the business side because multitasking will scare the money away. 
And because we're taught to multitask, to do 10 things at one time, when it comes to business, you can't. You have to learn how to prioritize which tasks come first, right? So if I'm looking at a room and there's laundry, there's dishes, there's a kid that's dirty, there's a husband that's hungry and looking at me with the eye, and there's dinner that needs to be cooked, which one do I do first, right? Mm -hmm. So understanding which is priority is how you start to execute. So everything that I do and, and what I teach everyone is you do things in business based on impact and income, Impact and income. That's how you make the decisions on what needs to get done first, right? So if I look at a task and I'm looking at dishes, laundry, kid, husband with the eye, what do I need to take care of first? Baby, honey, you're going to have to wait just a second. That's This is not the time for that. Laundry, you've been sitting there for about a week. Nobody's going to physically die if you don't get done. The dishes, this, these pots are dirty, so I have to clean these pots in order to cook the dinner to make sure that the kid is taken care of and at least the husband has some food to eat, right? So priority one is to do the dishes. Priority two is this kid that's looking at me crazy. Chances are they're looking at me crazy because they're hungry. Now, if I wash these dishes, that takes care of two and three, and then laundry can't, comes after You see, but everything, because we're used to multitasking and doing them all at once, we've never had to prioritize which tasks come first or last. Now, so I want to ask you, if if I can stop you, I want to ask you about multitasking versus monotasking. And I want to talk about delegating and just kind of the guilt that might might be there to pay someone or have someone else do some of these tasks. And so, first of all, uh, I'm reading this book right now, uh, Living with Monks. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, No, I love it. Jesse Itzler, who is married to Sarah Blakely from Spanx, uh, it's an amazing businesswoman. And he he had this experience of uh, going and living with monks for a few weeks. And one of the single biggest things he came back with, I was reading this this morning, is the idea of monotasking, focusing intently on doing one thing at a time, not multitasking. And so it's coming back to me as you're, as you're saying this, because I think it's such a good lesson for everyone that's listening to, to realize you can't just juggle everything and get things done. Right. And, and I see it's especially true for, you know, I, I know my wife at home is the best juggler of anyone that I, that I know. And so it's got to be hard to adapt that to business. So how can people listening start to move from multitasking to monotasking? Any tips? There? Absolutely. Time blocking. Time blocking mm-hmm. is what has saved myself, has saved a lot of my clients. And it seems simple. Right. But I will be a little uh, framework. I have extreme ADHD. So if I get off in the middle of this interview and I just walk off, don't judge me. It's totally not your fault. I just forgot that I was here. So because my mind, I have a Lamborghini mind with a Toyota body, my mind is racing, right? A hundred miles per hour. So for me to get anything done, I have to say, okay, one, what do I need to do first? And I'm just going to focus on that. So I have a community of ADHD uh, entrepreneurs where literally we focus on time blocking. So guess what? On Mondays between 12 and 1 p.m., we are all going to work on one task and trying to imagine trying to wrangle cats. Right. We're going to focus on one task at a time. And the easiest way to prepare for that is to write down the tasks again in the order of impacted income. So if I get up this morning and I say, "Okay, I need to do the laundry, I need to do the dishes, I need to take care of this husband and take care of the kids. That's personal. If I say in business, okay, I need to send out an email. I need to finish my webinar. I need to do um, look at my email list, all of these tasks. I am going to assign an hour worth of time per each one of these tasks. Whatever doesn't get done in that hour doesn't get done. But you have to in advance 
time block off your calendar. Tuesday at two o'clock PM. I don't care what's going on. If I'm driving, I'm going to pull over and I'm going to go through every single one of my outstanding invoices. That's just the time that it's going to get done. So time blocking is the easiest way to do it. Set a calendar alert. You don't want to get, and it sounds like you've got a lot of discipline too to stick to the time. Oh, blocks I'm awful. If you're discipline. pulling over in the car, but but I also know the repercussions <laughs> that come along with it, and I have a group of people that keep me accountable to the tasks that I have done and those that are on what I call my been done did list, which is the list of all the things you should have been done did. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so let's move to the other point, delegating, because as you're talking about doing the laundry, I flash back to a story where I had piles of laundry too, and I I try to iron all my shirts, or at least I used to when I would wear dress shirts, and so I had this pile of stuff that I needed to iron, and it just kept growing week after week after week, and just the basket sitting there was stressing me out, but I had so much work to do, so I ended up hiring someone to come to the house and do my ironing for a few hours while I sat there and did some new business development. And I said, if I'm going to make this investment that somebody's going to come and, and free up this time for me, I better put it to good use. But I want you to to speak about, I'm curious, how, how can, where are people blocked? Where don't people make those investments, especially when they're juggling all those at-home responsibilities? So this is for my women. Men just cut the phone off, okay? No, you're good, Chris. You, you keep it on. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> so I'm glad you asked that because one of the posts that I, the, the best post I've ever done in my entire life was saying, sis, get a housekeeper. You just have to. So here's the number breakdown for those, those of you guys that only understand how it applies to your bottom line. Let's say, for example, I have a housekeeper that I pay $25 an hour to, to go and take care of my home. For me to do a workshop, it takes four hours worth of time, right? The workshop Mm -hmm. costs $2,500. If I pay this housekeeper for the four hours worth of work that she has to do, 25 times four is $100. So either I can give this woman who actually enjoys cleaning, she turns on the music, she's dancing around the house, she's having (laughs) a great time because that's her gifting, that's her grace and making sure that people's spaces feel good. I can give her $100 whilst I'm making $2,500 per person that's in that class. So I could essentially make $10,000 and give her $100 of it, and my house is clean by the time I finish with this webinar. The guilt that women feel is that because we've been raised to say, you don't need anybody to take care of that house. You're a woman. That's what you do. That's a part of our ownness. We own that responsibility of making sure that our home is clean. We get up in the morning, especially culturally for black women, you get Aretha Franklin Saturday morning, honey, it's time to get up and go clean these dishes, right? So that is our time to clean. And there was nobody in our bloodline that ever, 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 ever had a housekeeper. So for us, culturally, that's just not what you do. So even trying to change the mindset of what your great grandmother, your grandmother, your mother and every woman that's around you, this is something that we do as women, right? To break that mindset and say, hey, honey, it's okay. It's, it's all right for you to have help while you're doing and creating impact. And that's why I stress the impact and income part, because there is no part of my life that is impacted by if I clean this house or if it's subbed or delegated to somebody else. Does it create income for me? Cleaning my house doesn't create income. It creates peace, so I still need it done, but it doesn't create impact or income, so it's better for me to delegate that task to somebody who actually loves cleaning baseboards. Yeah, I love that way of thinking about it, that filter of impact and income. Anyone can do it. It does not benefit me, so why would I do it? It's, it's such a great filter to free you up from that guilt, so thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. 
So maybe that's a good bridge into the next group. So you, you said we, we talked about women, we're going to talk about minorities, we're going to talk about veterans. And so why, where are systems really important from a minority standpoint? Um, well, again, even using the example of, of taking care of our home, culturally, that's not something we've ever seen. Like you go back a few generations and, and people think of it, they see black and white, they see all this old stuff. They think that slavery and, you know, racism and all this other stuff is decades, millions of years ago, right? When in reality, we're not talking about that long ago. Voting rights, that's something that just happened in the 1900s. Like th this isn't a realistic space Crazy, for yeah. us. So when yeah. you think, when you think about um, us creating, the fact that I can make a million dollars in a year to my great grandmother is unrealistic. It's unheard of. She used to pick watermelons in Oklahoma. There's no way that her great grandchild can make a million dollars in a year, much less in a month, much less in a day. Right. So that framework and, and, and mindset, that's just not there. So now yeah. if my great grandmother never ran a business, my grandmother not, never had a business, my, my mother never had a business, who teaches us how to do this? Right. Mm -hmm. So there has to be people in place that are saying, I know we didn't have this experience. I know we didn't have a silver spoon. I know we didn't have um, trust funds. So who's going to teach us and show us how to take the framework we've used for centuries helping other people and actually help ourselves with these businesses. So now you look at the whole minority construct. You want to start a business. You're a young black woman and you're like, hey, I know how to do something really, really well. I don't care if you're braiding hair, doing taxes or running a tech company. You know how to do something really well. What happens is the, the process is that you just go open a company. You go get some cheap Vista print cards. You, you remember the Vista print cards back in yeah, the day? Of you get 40,000 like of them, $8. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, so you just go get, get a cute little website and, you know, you just start. Even if you get those things, you just start. You don't know about taxes. You don't know about licensing. You don't know any of this because you don't know anybody that even knows about it. And then yeah. you don't know what you don't know. So there mm -hmm. has to be a, a, somebody that shows you, yo, the systems part of it, it's just how the business runs. So using another example, as far as I've had restaurants, old barbecue restaurants that are great, that have been passed down for years, they have systems in place that are here. So because what we're taught is you don't share your secret recipe with anybody, honey. You don't tell anybody right. how, how this barbecue sauce is made. I don't care if it's at your family house during Thanksgiving. Grandma's stuffing, her dressing, you don't teach anybody how that made. Only grandma makes that. You know, your auntie's mac and cheese. Everybody keeps a secret of what their special sauce is, right? Yeah. What ends up happening is grandmother dies. And that's mm -hmm. literally what happened to me. She had a tea cake. My, my Nana had a tea cake recipe that was phenomenal. Beautiful little yellow cookies. I sprinkled something on top. I don't know. And when she mm -hmm. passed away, I couldn't teach my daughter how to make these cookies. And this was my whole childhood, my college years. She used to ship them to my college, right? And then when I had a daughter and she's like, mommy, can we bake cookies together one day? I literally burst into tears because I didn't have the system, the process, which is a recipe on how yeah. to recreate these cookies. So because we've been taught to keep everything so secret and you don't pass these things down, you don't, if you've never had to sit bedside with a man who had a barbecue spot for 20 years and let him whisper the secret recipes for his sauces, because that's how ingrained it is culturally that you keep things private. Right. Mm. So now being me being able to come in and say, hey, 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 I know how we've been taught. I understand that it's scary telling somebody your secret sauce to your business, to your actual recipes, to how yeah. you teach people trucking, to how you you know run your real estate company. I know you've never told anybody that. But in the event, the worst case scenario, you die today. 
your business won't live on. We admire and love these Walmarts and Chick-fil-A's and all these other companies, but if there's no processes that are documented, your company's going to die with you. And it's mm. not until it's been explained in a way for us to understand that we could actually take on and create systems in our businesses. Yes. It sounds like it just takes empathy and understanding and helping people make that journey because it's a, it's a huge mindset shift to go from not wanting to share anything and just, this is how we grew up, this is how I was raised, to realizing that you need to empower other people and you need to get it out of your head in order to keep it consistent, in order to make it scale. So, but that's, that's a big hurdle to get over. As you were telling your story about your grandma, I, I was thinking about mine and it's the same kind of thing. Like when my grandma passed away, she used to make these soups and these like old Italian recipes that no one in the family can make anymore. But I took one thing from her house when she passed away and it was the, the soup ladle. And so I put that in my house. And so in my kitchen, when I'm trying to experiment and make different things, I see grandma's soup ladle there as a reminder that I, I have to share what I'm doing and, and hopefully I can replicate it. And it's but such a, a great example. Thank you for sharing that. Chris, I, I, I took my grandmother's look. I took my grandmother's ladle too. Really? When she passed, yeah, and it's a, it's it's a big beautiful spoon ladle, yeah, and it's yeah. on the wall above my above my uh, stove in the kitchen. Oh, I love that! I love that. Yeah. So, our, okay, uh, there's the, there was a point here in the I, I know in the notes we talked about just the the idea of common sense versus documentation. And so, w when do people have to document something, or when do you just kind of take it for granted that this is what everybody knows? So there is no such thing as common sense. There's only documentation. If you don't hear anything I said in this whole thing, there's no such thing as common sense. There's only documentation. Why? Because common sense is different between everybody's common experiences. The word common, that means we, share, we have shared experiences. But guess what? There's nobody on this earth. I don't care if you've lived in the same house, right? I don't care if you've lived in the same house. Your experience is different. Hmm. So let's use, for example, my daughter. I love her. She's brilliant. She's 11 year old. Her name is Ashley. If I ask my daughter to go into the bedroom and go grab me a bottle of water, she's going to come back with the empty bottle of water. <laughs> and then she's going to come back and she's going to set it in front of me. and She's going to be proud. And she's going to walk away. I'm going to be like, hey, 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 I asked you for a bottle of water. She said, I did. So well, there's two bottles of water on the counter. Well, the other one has water in it. You just asked for the a bottle of the water bottle, right? <laughs> Whose fault is that? What I should have said was, I need you to go upstairs into the room because we're both ADHD, right? So we're bouncing off the walls. So we already know our minds are running. Go upstairs, go and look on the right side counter. There are two water bottles there. One has water in it. Hmm. One is just a water bottle. I need you to bring me back the one that has water in it and walk straight back down to the stairs with me. And because I'm in the middle of a podcast, I need you to set it outside of the camera where I can't see you and don't come in from behind the camera like, I got your water, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the fact that people don't take the time in order to train and teach people things because they just consider it common sense and then they get mad because it doesn't get done properly. Well, you didn't teach them properly. Yeah. But again, these are coming from people that have never, ever, ever been in leadership roles or trained anybody how to do it. And if it's not documented, it could be done differently, depending on how I feel. If I have a hair salon and I say, hey, I need you to go wash Connie's hair. And then after that, I need you to go and wash Chris' hair. Even though the process, what you're doing, the task is I need you to go wash two different people's hair. We have different hair. Yeah. It's going to take something different to wash my mane than it is to wash your swoop, right? 
So it's going to take different products. It's going to take different processes. You can't just get in my head and start doing this. You're going to tangle my whole afro up. <laughs> I can go over there and I can do that with your hair because it's a different texture. You're going to use different products for mine. A different, But common sense says, oh, you're just washing hair. Hmm. Actual documentation says, if it is an African-American woman that has shoulder length hair, these are the products that you can use. If you have an Italian gentleman who has shorter hair. These are the products that you use. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So the, the common sense, it's not common because we don't all have common experiences. I love this. I could listen to you talk all day. I, I just love <laughs> these stories. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking right now, I, I, I've talked before about how most often I think performance problems are training problems. Because when you get bad performance and you say, oh, it wasn't done like I thought it should have been done, it's because you didn't explain how to do it the way that you wanted to do it. And so I love this idea of common sense, common experiences, and, and they just don't exist. You know, there is nothing common about how we experience the world until you write it down. It almost doesn't exist. You know, until you until you document it, it's it's not real. It's not it's it's not guaranteed. And so I, I love your way of framing that. Now, let's move into veterans, the last of the three buckets here. So, so tell, us, tell us how veterans need to uh, use systems or where they're important for veterans. So I have no idea why I have this special space in my heart for veterans. I don't have any you know, direct family or I wasn't raised in a military family. But what I do see is I live in Atlanta and me driving down the street and seeing men and women on the side of the road holding signs saying military vet. You know, I fought in this war, blah, 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 blah. I just need help, right? So what I see is someone who literally at some point in their life was well-trained, brilliant, strong, and they were taught how to do something very, very specific for the United States government, which is protecting my safety. Because there are things that are happening in this world that we have no idea about, yeah. right? There are wars that are being fought that we will never see and never know about because of the protection of these soldiers. Now they come home and they get lost in the government system, the PTSD that every single one of them come back with, the nightmares. I have friends that I've listened to stories and I see the trauma and the physical ailments that they have. And but at one point you were really trained and you knew how to do something really well. And it was one day I, I, I saw a guy on the side of the freeway and, you know, he said, Marine. And I said, you know, let me just ask, let me just pull over and ask. So I parked my car. I got out. It's like, what happened? And he told me the story of what happened and what he used to do in the military. I was like, yo, had somebody caught him right when he came out? And said, all of these skills and the security and all of the stuff mm. that you have, had somebody just said, let me help you right here. The way your life would have went, the trajectory of your life, had somebody just caught you coming straight out the military and been able to apply all that skills, the knowledge, the clearances, your whole life would have changed. And the reason why they're so amazing when it comes to even, I love having military clients, yeah. is because their understanding of standard operating procedures supersedes everyone else's because theirs actually has to do with life or death. Yeah, I don't care if you are responsible in the Air Force for you're just the guy that comes in with the drill and buzzes in the screws on the jets. If you miss one screw, if you put in the wrong screw and you're just like, ah, I was, I'll just use this one. You can crash an entire plane and kill people, right? So it's a matter of life or death for those that are military vets. Because that's how your mind processes. They're taught SOPs. They're taught that if you don't follow, if you don't walk in the same step behind this person that's behind you, an enemy can come in and track the footsteps that there's more of you than one, right? 
their mindset is based around SOPs because it's life or death. So for me, if I can catch you before, right when you come out, I can help you create a business that's based around government contracting. So I have a whole separate business that just deals with government contracting and employing veterans and or helping them create their own business. So that way they have sustainable businesses. They, the trajectory, it takes off. They come out the military, they have a business, they already understand SOPs. I can hand them over their (laughs) trainual passwords (laughs) and information and say, this is how it runs. And guess what? They take off and they excel. So that's what I feel. It's crazy that you say that the, the, my director of operations in my first company who became the president of the company was on a flight crew in the air force. SOP is like across every, every single thing, because you're right. It's a life or death, whether a pilot on a, on a you know, one of those planes makes it back from, from a, a you know, an overseas mission. And it, it, he brought that to our business. Everything that we did was systematized. And I think that is such great experience that can translate into huge business success. One of my closest friends is a, a CEO of a public company and was in the Marines and, and is just, it's amazing how precision, the precision that he operates with. So I love that you're, that you focused on that, even though you have no personal connection, I think that's a uh, really admirable. So kudos to you. Thank you. And I think the only personal connection for me is I respect people that that are selfless. Right. And for you to step into a space where you're not just protecting yourself and your family, you're protecting me and mine. You're protecting people that you'll never. And it's thankless. So me being able to see somebody and say, yo, I appreciate you. So if I'm in the airport or the grocery store and I see somebody that's dressed in their in their attire. Thank you. Thank you for making sure that me and my daughter and my family are okay. Thank you for protecting me from things I'll never, I, I'll never know that happened. And I appreciate you. And that even that little bit of appreciation goes a long way. So even yeah. though I have no personal knowledge, I know my safety of me and my family is affected because they were there. Yeah. And the gratitude is, I'm sure, just it does not go unnoticed from everybody that you interact with. So I want to I want to summarize all this because I think there's a thread that's going through all of these the the three conversations we just had and it seems to be a lot around mindset and and kind of rewiring your code uh so that you can be proactive and take advantage of different opportunities. And so across everything that you teach and you help people with in your workshops, would you say that there are like some first steps that people should be thinking about to get in this mindset of, I can build a business, I can be successful, I can do things differently than maybe things were done in the past or how I was brought up. Where should people start? Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, Chris. Mindset is 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 everything. So I, I even teach a class where I literally take people through the same through the entire process. I go through ideation, strategy, and then execution. That's my signature process. It's ICE systems. Ideation, strategy, execution. That's how I do everything. So in ideation, it's really thinking. That's all it is. There's a bunch of fancy words. I can go fancy high-level words with folks and I can just tell you what it is. It's thinking, ideation. You need to ideate whatever that, you know, you need to take some ideation time. You know, you need to take some time to think about your business because most folks, they just started doing whatever it was, right? You're like, okay, look, my homeboy needs help with recording one of his weddings. You know what? I'll grab a video camera. I'll help you with it. Hey man, you do video work? Yeah. Can you come and record this event for me? Sure. And now you've got a business. 
<laughs> you know, business, right? Yeah. You didn't sit down and think about your analytics. You didn't think about how much do I need for a marketing budget? When do I need to start hiring people? You never stopped and started thinking about all those things. So yeah. I think the most important part and why people start getting anxious and nervous and they are overwhelmed is because from the get-go, they never took the time to sit down and just think, hmm. what do I need for my business to run? How many people do I need for this to take place? How do I feel? What role do I want to have in my own business? It's even why in ideation, we talk about your organizational chart. Okay, who, who, who do you want in your business? What roles do you feel like you need? And we do that first. And then after you've written out the job descriptions and you're like, yeah, I need to have this. I need to have this person. I need to have this. Okay, great. Look at the roles and look at the tasks that they're responsible for. Tell me which one you feel like you fit in. Hmm. A lot of folks realize you don't fit in the CEO role, Sugarfoot. That's, that's, you actually don't fit there at all. You're probably better off as, as a consultant. If you're looking at your hair salon and you're like, oh my God, yes, I'm the CEO of a hair salon. You really shouldn't be running the business. You really should just be doing hair, yeah. right? You if might you're be a, a master stylist, but you need someone to run the salon. Exactly. Yeah. So, so the first part is really just thinking about the roles that you want in there and where you want to fit into your own business. Because of course, most of us starting out, especially you fit into the women, minority and veteran, which we haven't had these opportunities before you do everything. You're cooking, you're cleaning, you're doing hair, you're doing taxes, you're running the law off. Like you're trying to do every single role within the business and then you're overwhelmed and then you have anxiety and then you tack on most entrepreneurs with our crazy minds. We have ADHD. So now you're scatterbrained and there's no process to any of it. So the first thing is just to stop and think, what do I want this to look like? What role do I want to play in it? And then you go and do a brain dump. Brain dumping, look, I literally love it. And Same. I brained up, I brained up in sectors, right? So I brained up what what I brained up my life first. Cause if you don't get your regular life outlook, laundry, husband, of which I don't have one, I'm just uh putting it out there. Um, <laughs> husband, dog, um, all the life stuff, just getting it out of your head because if you're clouded with life stuff, you'll never be able to get the business tasks done. So you get that out the way. You do another brain dump. That brain dump is for your business. What are all the tasks that need to be done, right? Email management. I need to, I need to go and update my website. I need to send an email to Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. I need to make sure that you know the videographer is paid. All of these tasks. And then I brained up again. Okay, what which roles do I need? Who do I need on the team to be able to do these things? And then I'm able to cross-reference Hey, the role that's over here, this person should be responsible for it. Let me go and check and see if there's a VA that can handle this task. What's the task? What do I need it to do? Okay, bet. I need them to do this. And then that's where Tranual comes in. That's when we're able to say, okay, let's break down what these tasks look like. Because mm -hmm. before you go and hire this VA, which is sidebar, VAs are not magical unicorns, folks. If you don't have a detailed process on what you want these VAs, which VA just stands for virtual assistant, it doesn't stand for magical unicorn. It only means that they don't work in the same building with you. It just means that they're virtual, not that they're magical. So before you give these magical VA unicorns tasks to be able to do, you have to have documented SOPs to be able to teach them, right? So now I'm able to say, okay, roles, brain dump roles, then I could hire somebody to be able to do this. Now I can give you access to my training and say, go through this training. Here's how you do every single task. Bye. Call me when it's done. 
right? But if you don't get it out of your head first, there's absolutely no way that you're going to be able to ever get help in getting these tasks accomplished. But the first step, ideation, thinking. Mm-hmm. Sit down and think. So ideation, ideation strategy, execution. Would you say documentation is part of ideation or is it, is it part of execution? Where does it fit in? Documentation falls under strategy for me because okay. then that's where the plan is. So strategy systems goes into strategy because that's when you're figuring out, okay, I, kn- I got everything out of my head. I've thought, I've gotten, I know who's supposed to be doing what. I know the roles and the tasks that should go along with it. Now the strategy behind it is now I need to start whiteboarding out or adding into my trainual. Here's every single role with every job description and every SOP that follows, follows along with it. So yeah. all of that falls under, under strategy for me because now it. I have a plan. Yeah. Then execution is, okay, now that we have a plan, we have the framework, we have the structure, we know every person that's supposed to do every single task. Now I can go out and hire whoever these people are. Now I can go and hire a, man, a, a marketing manager, or now I can delegate these tasks to somebody else. That's when the actual execution comes in. The problem is most people do it backwards, the whole process backwards, right? They go execution, strategy, ideation. They say, oh, I'm great at taxes. I do my taxes really well. I'm going to start a tax company. And then they call their friends. Hey, you need your taxes done? Guess what? They're lame friends. They definitely need their taxes done because they're like you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have a business now. I'm running. And then guess who comes and knocking on the door? IRS. Somebody needs an audit. audit. Oh, I don't know how to do those. Now you got to go back and start thinking and create a, a strategy for how do I take care of audits? Okay, so now I did it one time. So let me write down how I took care of having an IRS audit. Now I got an SOP for that. You know what? I should probably have SOPs for everything. You know what? I really need to think about where I want this business to go because I don't want to be sitting around writing SOPs for uh, IRS audits. So let me go and ideate and figure out all the roles so they do it backwards. I think uh, just listening to you, I'm like, this is the experience of every entrepreneur. Like, I think every entrepreneur has ADHD just bouncing around their business. And and like, it takes years or sometimes decades before we cobble together any sort of systems and structure to make the business actually work. But if you can sit down and go through the ideation, the strategy, map out all your roles, responsibilities, properly delegate, properly hire, I think it's a shortcut. It's a massive shortcut for success. Hello. Yeah. Thank you. So literally this this year, this July will be my 15th year in business. And I've been doing exactly the same thing that I've been doing all these years. It. So it's not an easy yeah. process. It's not. It's and, and because I've seen the back end of thousands of business, I've, I've created a hundred million dollar program at Dell all the way down to fish fry places, mom and pop stores. So everything from billion dollar companies to we're making our first $10,000 this month. I've seen the back end processes for. And I know that all of that starts with one crazy, whether it's Michael Dell or, or mom and pop, one crazy person with ADHD that's like, yo, I think I could do this. <laughs> I have a really great idea. And even you, Chris, look at where you yeah. started. You know what I'm saying? I'm crazy and too. it's progressed over time. <laughs> Chris is like, yeah, I started crazy. Well, I think we're all crazy. So, all right. I know we don't have too much time, but you have an amazing book, uh, Scrambled Eggs, the must-have playbook for organizing an entrepreneur's brain. So after listening to this whole thing, everybody's listening to this and realizing that they've got scrambled eggs in their head, that everybody's got just this mess going on. And so tell us quickly about your book and where people can get it. Uh, the book is amazing because it came from my daughter and us having ADHD and us running around. And one day she was physically running around the kitchen. She was like, oh, I have so many things that I want to be able to do. I want to do them all at once. I feel like my mind is full of scrambled eggs. 
I was like, you know what? Me too. That's how I feel about my business today. And I sat down and I said, you know what? I'm going to write out some processes on how you can unscramble your mind. What would step one be? What's hmm. step two? And we literally go through ideation, strategy, and execution in the book. And it teaches you, one, it's not going to go all deep into SOPs because most folks are not ready to go write a formal standard operating right. procedure because you can't even organize what's in your mind. That's why the book isn't about systems. It's about organizing your mind because until you get through that ideation and strategy part, that execution will always fail you. So scrambled eggs is basically the opportunity to get everything that's in your mind on paper and organized. So that way you can go forward and you can execute on your business. And where can people get the book? They can go to tired of working so hard.com. Now that's a domain. <laughs> tired, I like that. I like tired that of working so hard.com. All right. If that resonates with yes. you, if you're tired of working so hard, go to tired of working so hard.com. Check out Connie's book. Uh, Connie, to summarize today, I mean, thinking back, you, you, I, I was writing things down the whole time you talked. I loved the idea that there's no such thing as common sense, only documentation. I love that concept. So thank you for that. The whole idea of impact and income being a filter for what you should be working on, spending your time on. I love that as well. Is there anything else do you want to just leave people with as kind of a final lesson or a reminder from today? Absolutely. My favorite, my favorite, my slogan of my company, you cannot create generational wealth without generational documentation. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wish I had a mic. I love it. Water bottle drop. Bottle drop. Full bottle or empty bottle? <laughs> it's a full bottle. <laughs> Connie, thank you so much. This was so fun. Uh, where can people connect with you if they want to get in touch? You can find me anywhere on social media under Connie S. Falls and the S is for systems. You don't forget the Z and Jay-Z. Don't forget the S and Connie S. Falls. You can find me Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, always put the S in. Amazing. All right, Connie, thank you so much for your time today. This is Organized Chaos. We'll see you all next time. Hey, thanks for listening to Organized Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe or leave a review and share it with anyone in your network that you think could use the information. If you're interested in joining the Process People community or becoming a trainual certified consultant, check out the link in the show notes for more information. You can connect with me on social media, any platform, at Chris Ronzio. You can find Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. I'll see you next time.